From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. And it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And just on the road there in Nashville, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, and Valentine, Galantine, oh. I don't know. I don't, I don't Thank know. Thank you. Valentine's Annie. Annie. queen. Our oh, Galantine's queen, Annie F. Downs. Icon, romance icon. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. I've, th- I've carried on being a Valentine queen for three solid days. It's the, whole, it's the whole week. It's the week of Valentine's, which if we yeah. know, that's that's Annie F. Downs' prime time. You know what I'm saying? Thank that's, you. Yeah, Valentine's you. week. Okay, so on Tuesday's show, everyone could see while we're recording, we're doing a live shows on the Facebook page. In case you haven't checked it out, it's facebook.com slash relevant. But you had the benefit of seeing us and now I can see something that only that people who are only listening can't. And it is the fact that <laughs> right now Annie is is drinking what appears to be a LaCroix 100%. with the aid of a koozie. A drink koozie to keep her LaCroix cold. Also, what does my koozie say? Bride. 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 <laughs> Because I ordered some as a gift, and they send you a free bride and groom one. I was like, I'll I'll prophetically use that koozie. How long does it take you to drink a Lacroix, Annie? Um, it will take me. We'll finish. I'll finish it before the show's out. I'm not like y'all. I don't pound my drinks like you jokers do. I drink soda so fast. I, there's no way I need a koozie. No, I do not like. I do not like um, the way it feels when when my hand gets so cold. It's more of a hand protection really? than a drink protection. Total opposite. I like the really? ice cold. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it's no. so it feels so crisp. No. I feel like I'm in a commercial. Like you're no, like you I got use the a koozie beads of sweat going down time. over your palms. I never don't use a koozie. I constantly, if I'm drinking out of a can, I have a koozie. I keep one in my purse. Have we never talked about this? I keep no. a koozie in my purse. Full Nothing time. about you says Athens, Georgia, more than what you just told us. More than what you just told us. Raise them right. Raise them up in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. Okay, so Annie, you know there are only two types of people in this world that carry oh uh, koozies in their purse. Oh gosh, I get with, to, do I get to decide which one I am? Or are you, yes, I you've people decided. with uh, uh, temperature sensitivities in their hands yes. and alcoholics. So <laughs> choose which one you are. Choose wisely. <laughs> and it's not a binary. You can, no, no, no. plenty of alcoholics so keep, could have sensitive Luckily, fingers. the one I keep in my purse fits a can and a bottle. It's very helpful. Listen, I, I think hypothetically, there could be people whose hand temperature sensitivities led them to a life of alcoholism. <laughs> Thankfully, you've prevented that by carrying that a koozie with me. you at all times. That is not me. Yeah. I just keep a koozie with me. Therefore, I keep everything under control, everything temperature appropriate, behavior appropriate, intake appropriate. So, we, 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 cheers we to have me. So Happy much Valentine's to Day to all of us. Cheers to you. We have so much to learn. Right. <laughs> I'm here to teach you. I'm just here to teach you. The idea that you guys don't keep a koozie on you is weird to me because what do you do? Oh, you like when your hands are cold. Well, b- before we move the show along, I want to tell you that today's uh, podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor. You need a budget. It's Y-N-A-B, pronounced Y-N-A-B for short. You need a budget is personal budgeting software 
backed by a unique method based on four rules for budgeting. Budgeting is not about restriction. It's not about never spending money. Budgeting is about finding your true priorities and aligning your money with those priorities. It's an opportunity to gain total control of your money. On average, new budgeters with YNAB save $600 by month two and more than $6,000 the first year. YNAB has helped hundreds of thousands of people to gain total control of their money, get out of debt, and save more faster. Find out why users call YNAB life-changing. Go to youneedabudget.com slash relevant for a two-month free trial. Normally, YNAB offers a 34-day trial, but they're giving an extra month for relevant podcast listeners. Go do it. I use uh, YNAB, and it it's phenomenal. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> I'm shocked at how much money I've wasted. I'm proud of you for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there you go. YNAB. So, uh, so it's youneedabudget.com slash relevant. There you go. So you're telling me that y'all don't keep koozies on you. I just can't quite <laughs> let that go. Y'all don't have a koozie on you at all times? I have a drawer in my house. With, How unprepared. I don't own a koozie. I don't I have own a koozie, koozie drawer and I haven't I mean, opened it. I haven't opened it in probably over a year. I have an entire koozie drawer as well. You need a Mario Kanda, whatever her name is, yeah, your house. You need, yeah. If that, yeah, if that drawer doesn't bring you joy, throw it out, man. I need I need <laughs> 10 plus koozies because when my friends come over, they may all want to koozie their LaCroix. You have like a That's koozie so party? That's so rude for me to koozie my LaCroix and everybody and I get to koozie their Cameron, LaCroix. I look, last time I opened, I opened my koozie drawer and I pulled one out and I looked at it and said, it has a sailboat and it says it's five o'clock somewhere, Jack. And I thought, does this give me joy? Does this give me joy? Yes. And I and said, yes, yes, it does. Yes, and I put absolutely. it back in the drawer and I sealed it up. It gave me joy, Cameron. There you go. Uh, we uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, it's, it's going to be a little bit different of a uh, uh, interview uh, for yeah. us coming up later on the show. Big, big news uh, that we've been covering all week at RelevantMagazine.com about the just shocking report that the Houston Chronicle and San Antonio uh, newspapers uh, have been covering about the widespread long-term sexual misconduct allegations in the Southern Baptist Convention churches, uh, leadership, pastors. They documented more than 700 victims. Uh, throughout the week, there were more reports coming out. Um, uh, we've been covering the the response by the Southern Baptist president, uh, what's happening next, um, and all that. Well, Jonathan Merritt, who's uh, a religion reporter um, uh, and author himself and and has very close ties to the SBC, he, he used to work for the SBC, um, is going to join us to shed some light on what's happening there and the controversy and everything. So Jonathan Merritt's coming up later. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and man, guys, that has been... <laughs> I was, telling, I was telling my wife last night, it's just one of those things that's really hard to write about. It's very emotionally draining. And it's uh, like yeah. part one, it was was tough. And then they keep, there were three parts all told from the Houston Chronicle that came out. And they, and each one just got a little worse. A few more stories, more kind of uh, details that got increasingly insidious. And and by the end, we're really stomach churning. It, it's, it's a... Uh, Writing about these things is just, it's very unpleasant and it's very draining. And I'm glad that there's reporters who are willing to do it, but it leaves you feeling just, just really sickened at the end of the day. It's so, yeah, it's, it's incredibly it's just sad. Sucks your soul so, out. So, so you're really selling the segment there. You're really saying, hey, stay tuned. It's going to be <laughs> sickening yeah. and depressing. Well, the reason we do need to stick around, the reason it does matter is that this, if it didn't happen to you, it happened to somebody that you loved in a church, yeah. most likely. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have got to do, we are the new leaders of the church. It is our generation. It is people in their 30s and 40s and in, even in their 20s. And we get to stop this. And yeah. so we need to listen because Jonathan is an expert on how to handle some of this stuff. 
I mean, his dad was the president of SBC, right? Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. this is his world. And, it, and y'all know, I've, I've been reading everything y'all are putting out. Y'all, y'all are writing about this really well. And I just think it, I think it is incredibly important that there are times we cannot look away and Absolutely. we cannot look away. And, and one of the, well, some of the most devastating details is how all of this was hypothetically preventable. There was literally proposals in 2008 uh, to the SPC leadership, the Southern Baptist Convention leadership, to implement some sort of rule that would require churches not be allowed to hire people who have been convicted of sex crimes. That seems like a very low bar for ministry. <laughs> right. Don't be don't be a sex offender. And they refused. They were literally refused to put it in place because they said it was because of their sort of convoluted leadership, uh, you know, dynamics that they was unenforceable. Yet you're talking about the prioritization a, of autonomy. They want yeah, the church right. to remain self-governing, governing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They have resolutions that a, a woman can't be a pastor, right, right, and yeah. so Listen, like, oh, and you preach that, Jesse Carey. Let's so go. So it's like, oh, you, you can prevent you, you have the autonomy and the authority to prevent women from being pastors in the SPC, but you. You can't prevent sex offenders, which was rampant. I mean, yeah, one that, part I mean, of the- that, that's the thing that one of the things that shocked me was in, in the reports, like how many uh, convicted like child pornographers and child predators, sexual predators were hired as children's pastors and youth pastors by SBC churches. Like it was just, known. Yeah. After yeah. it was well, already after they the were information was available and either they, they didn't look or they didn't care. When, some when of them were rehired. Hired. Some yeah. of them yeah. were rehired by other churches. I mean, they, yes, there are friends. I have friends that are in the story that the abuser of my friends were fired from the church where it happened and then hired again at a different church. And the whole time she was watching it and knew and, and was telling people. And no, I mean, it is just and it, here's what's true is that it it happened in the Catholic Church. It happened in SBC. This de- this is not um, specific to a church. While this story is specific to a denomination, there are there are more stories and more denominations. This is just the current one we're telling, and it's unbelievable. I mean, it's yeah, exactly because it, it, when there's like some sort of denominational structure, all of the abuse cases can kind of fall under that umbrella. But you look at how many of these independent evangelical churches this happens all the mm-hmm. time, and you yes. know a lot of them are, you know, self-described non-denominational, so they're not part of some of these big stories. But you're right, Annie, it happens everywhere. I mean, you look at, and it's not just sexual misconduct and abuse, it's widespread abuse of authority positions. I mean, you look at what happens at at Harvest in Chicago with James McDonald. I was reading about that this morning. I mean, that story is insane. I mean, after, after elders in the church came forward and were telling you know, reporters and bloggers about the misuse of finances and, and bullying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, by him, he, he threatened libel lawsuits. And now, you know, it le- there's leaked audio of someone who sounds a lot like him suggesting that uh, people Same at the church plant stuff. child pornography on the computer of reporters to discredit right. them. I mean, when you when you have structures that enable leaders to think literally insane thoughts, James McDonald was just fired this week for that. There is something majorly wrong with religious Christian institutions, not just in this country, because, Annie, as you pointed out, it's happened in the Catholic Church, too. But something is really bad wrong. And thankfully, there there is finally some accountability and these sins are being brought to light and hopefully corrected. And I think that something that came up a few times and that I, I'd be interested in hearing, learning more about this is how 
uh, how much of the response has been centered around uh, calling these things uh, revelations or or uh, dragging these things to light. But it, it, that seems like a bit of a misnomer. And, and I know this sounds a little nitpicky on my part, but I hope you understand my spirit on this, which is that these were not rev- these were these stories were out there. These were reported yeah. stories. These were right. things that people knew. And the fact that the SBC and the people at Harvest Bible Chapel, in the case of James McDonald, who is not accused of any of any sexual uh, crimes, but is definitely accused of emotional manipulation and bullying and financial mismanagement. Yeah. Um, but but the fact that it that these things were well known and people just didn't want to address them, did they wanted to look away? They they didn't want to be involved or have to go through the difficult process of bringing justice to these situations speaks very, very poorly of, of the leadership of these churches and of our attention of, of what, what we prioritize. Well, well, and look, look at the iron, the, 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 the sad irony that hopefully is a wake up call to a lot of Christians is, especially if you're around our age group, a lot of us grew up hearing Hollywood is like the enemy of the church. Like Hollywood is anti-Christian. They have this anti, you know, Christian bias. Right. Hollywood went through the, has been going through this process for, you know, two years now. They, they have higher degrees of accountability. You know, they've said, okay, we've all, we've known this stuff about Bill Cosby long enough. This is it. We've known this stuff about Harvey Weinstein. Church two is following me too, not leading it. If Hollywood yes. was so bad, they're, they're going through, they were, they've been going through this accountability process. Why is the SBC just now waking up to it? It, you know, institutions that have demonized Hollywood and now they're having to follow that example because the churches have been so uh, concerned with discrediting victims and protecting their own leadership. And, you know, like you said, at least this is being um, exposed to wider degrees of, of awareness because it was. And an I, think open for, secret. I think for our friends that are listening that are in church leadership or are involved in a leadership thing, growing into leadership, this is such a good reminder that everything you think is secret comes to light. Secrets never stay secrets. If you are in a situation where something is going sideways or something's going wrong, you need to, like, you better go for, you lead the way, you tell the truth, because secrets are going to come out. All these people that are losing their jobs and all these stories from the Houston Chronicle they just remind you. It's a good reminder for me as a church leader that like, I don't get to have a secret life. I don't want to have a secret life, but I also don't get to have a secret life because nothing stays secret. Everything comes out and it comes out because God is kind and God cares more about our character than our careers. And so he will always bring to light the sin in our lives. He just usually gives us a lot of chances to do it privately before it goes public. And you and and I want to hear him when he's talking to me, not when he's talking to everybody about me. You know. Oh my goodness! Well, this is a heavy, heavy start to the show. We're off on, we're off yeah. on a really. Uh, well, yeah. I'm really grateful that y'all are leading this conversation, though, and you didn't ignore it. I mean, I think there's this opportunity to let it go, and y'all aren't. And I'm so I'm really grateful for how y'all are speaking about uh, this. Speaking of let it go, uh, Frozen Two trailer came out this week. Hey, <laughs> what's up with the dark turn? What's up with the dark turn <laughs> yeah, on Frozen? That was a very <laughs> grim. That was a very grim trailer. It was. It was heavier than what we were just talking about. It was very Tyler like, and I in, in the team. We have like a thread where where yeah, every day we're passing around links. Uh, what can we got to take on this? I was like, I don't know, Frozen Two. Then I saw how dark it was. I was like, just the curiosity factor alone, people are gonna care. It, I would. Hey, I'm all for it. That first one is you know, let it go is still driven into the depths of my brain and it will say. torture my soul for the rest of my life. So I'm glad we're at least getting a little darkness injected into that sappy world. <laughs> You think is that, is that what's going on here? Is like, are they is Disney just aware? Like the kids are growing up, 
you know, this is we're we're in a we're in a divisive. You know, when Frozen One came out, everyone they were little kids. It was a different time. It was fun. There wasn't the political divisiveness, but now. The, you know, this this ain't your grandma's frozen. You're that saying was this two is frozen for Trump's America. <laughs> this is this is the this is the frozen of Trump's America. Frozen of like of a of a time where there, people are getting hacked all the time. There's a, wow. Russia's up to something. We don't know what, but there something's going on. Frozen two I mean, can't play by true, the old rules. It was shocking. The shock, most shocking thing that happened this week that in our coverage was when I saw the picture of uh, that Chicago pastor James McDonald. Uh, it was yes. that Michael McDonald's brother was a pastor. I had no idea. Oh my gosh! Murder, murder, murder. <laughs> Whenever Michael McDonald plays, like a, a guy on a yacht's mullet grows just a little bit. <laughs> like the hair follicles are like, is that my, is that, like there's something about the vibration. Okay, but if you could be right here right now, or would you be, if you, you could be right here right now with your haircut right now, or on a yacht with a mullet, which would you pick? With Michael McDonald blasting an yeah. open linen shirt and just the yeah. Florida Keys sunshine blasting <laughs> on me, sure I'm definitely taking where I am right now because no. that's a oh, horrifying no. future. <laughs> that's I would the have wrong a, I answer. I would have a mullet right now if it meant I got to be on a yacht. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope someone's listening to us from a yacht. All right. Well, moving the show along. It's our Friday show. And here's the deal. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. So last week we changed our, our longstanding segment. In case you missed it, we changed it to the hot list. All right. The hot list. We heard a couple of tweets. We got some feedback that people missed the In Case You Missed It jingle. You know, it was just so catchy, little little ditty. And uh, and we thought, eh, nostalgia is a powerful force. We get it. People don't like change. But but we do acknowledge that the, important, the importance of a memorable jingle and a jingle that everybody loves. So here's the deal. We're debuting the hot list. Last week, you heard a jingle for the hot list and a countdown for the hot list. But what we're going to do is that's not set in stone. We're going to test out a handful of jingles before we decide a Chandler, permanent. bless your heart. You're yeah. having to do a handful of jingles. <laughs> oh, we got a, we got a solid month of experimentation you? before we decide on a final hot list jingle. So if you didn't, you know, hey, you heard last week's fine. Okay. I, you know, you have your opinions about it today. You're about to hear another one next week. You'll hear another one. We'll let you all vote. When we're done trying them, and, Chandler, uh, you're the secret hero of this entire thing. I just want you to know. <laughs> I don't think you, it's thank any you secret. For acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a public. He's a I think, public I think hero. You are very well aware of, of him editing magic and sound chance to make this listenable. So, so here That's it right. is. Uh, your latest uh, the t- the top five things happening in culture and entertainment this week. It's week two of. It's the hardest, the hardest. All right, there you go. So that's that's week yeah. week number two's jingle option. I like it. Uh, coming in at number five. Number five. Uh, number five. HBO this week claims to have made new discoveries and found groundbreaking revelations that will challenge the state's case against serial season one subject Adnan Saeed. Uh, the murder of Hey Min Lee 12 years ago was the subject of the breakout hit podcast Serial, you may remember, which not only suggested that convicted serial killer or suggested killer Saeed uh, may be innocent, but also highlighted issues throughout the criminal justice system. Well, Saeed has maintained his innocence for more than a decade. Filmmaker Amy Berg, who was nominated for an Oscar for a documentary on the Catholic sex abuse scandal called Deliver Us From Evil, helms the upcoming series, The Case Against Adnan or Adnan Saeed. It debuts later this spring. So big reveal there. Who knows? Man. 
I know. Were you, uh, uh, Annie, were you a fan of Serial Season 1? Beyond, you know me and crime podcast. I'm yeah. so about them. I know. I and I feel like there's a there's a we probably have to discuss something else in the true crime uh, topic while while we're here. Okay. And I think we should. I, oh, was, I know, Jesse. Listen, listen. I, but for, let me say this. I, I'm excited about this series because the the, the my favorite thing about Serial Season One because uh-huh. it's a complicated case and I think it still was unclear uh, uh, unclear if he was innocent or guilty. But the, it was so informative about the process of the criminal justice system and potential flaws yeah. and, and how easy it is for a wrongful conviction to take place, yeah. you know, right. but, but uh, it, we could talk about the justice system all day long. That's for another podcast. Um, I was implicated in manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were. <laughs> this is a true crime. This just became a true crime podcast. So what, happened, what happened was about, what once, happened? about once a week, you guys on Twitter will hit up their own podcast account and be like, hey, whatever happened to uh, Annie and Jesse's true crime podcast solving the case of who was it that Jesse, Jesse rolled it. over on and fell on out of the bunk bed when he visited that Christian college in 2002. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, this is Jesse and me and Annie to a T. We get really excited about an idea. We'll start to do the idea lose interest in the idea because we got excited about another idea. Okay. okay so to be fair, I never lost interest. I just got embarrassed how much I was bugging Jesse about no, it. No, that <laughs> was fair. And, and I will say I got this embarrassed is- that I brought it up too much. And so I just stopped. I was like, okay, I really care about what happened to Cuckoo Kachu or whatever the last guy's name is. No, 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 Andy, don't give anything away because, because I was talking to a camera Are about it after people on Twitter, someone said, because people, I would say I get the tweet probably once a month. Hey, are you ever doing that thing? Oh, for sure you we know. do. I know. So, 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 so this so week, we, this week we saw that I was a little punchy yesterday morning. I just yeah, felt you like were. it. And so I saw it and I hit retweet with comment and I put, turns out he's dead. That's what I said. I just said uh, like the, like the investigation went, hit a dead end because dude's dead. That's what I, you know, what, that's what I implied. And then there was like 50 replies of people like, wait, what? People thought like, you meant it. Wait, yes. are you serious? That's kind of flippant. Man, that's sad. What happened? Da-da-da. And then, uh-huh. and so then I replied to one of those and I said, uh, you know, it was, uh, the autopsy, um, you know, revealed that it was like a complications from some internal blunt force trauma that had happened like a decade earlier. We don't think it's related. And then people are like, uh, like somebody falling on somebody from about 10 feet in the air and, you know, and, uh, or six feet in the air or whatever. And, and I was like, okay, fine. We think Jesse did it, but you know, like that's yeah. fine. That's why we had to stop covering it because we think Jesse actually yeah, killed the guy. Super weird on the internet about yeah. it yesterday. Yeah, I just, was- I did. So I, I, and then, and then thankfully some people were like, Y'all remember that Cameron has like weird gallows humor, right? This is this has to be him doing this. And so, yes, it was me messing around with everybody. The guy's not dead. That's we just lost interest. Okay, Actually, well, we anyway. don't know. That's yeah, the problem thing. with what no. you did, Cameron. Here's the thing. Cameron was joking. Everyone, everyone. The guy is dead. But it was a car accident. So. <laughs> Jesse, oh my gosh! Listen, this is turning into like an Orwell world, world of, uh, the war of the world situation, where like we're just think we're telling a funny story, but people are gonna show up at Jesse's house, like banging on the door, ready to drag him out and deliver mob right. justice. It's awful. People get hurt. So I got us talking. I said, I did say, Jesse, whatever happened? I mean, we should at least on the podcast catch everybody up because tell, tell the update. You have done some interviews. 
We we did do we did two yes. interviews and yes. we have and we have a lead like a really hot lead <laughs> like we did two interviews and they I both mean, to pointed. be fair the lead was hot in April of 2018 the and guy didn't change. Andy, listen. Okay, so here's the deal. I don't want to give too much away because Cameron and I were talking. It's like, I still have the interviews on my computer, Andy. I still have them on my Dropbox, too, Jesse. I've been so, so enthusiastic all by myself about it. And so it. I think we put them together and we play part one in the coming oh weeks. Gosh. And then oh I don't, I can't give too much away, but both of the interviews we did were people at Elam at the time that I went to go visit. And they had, they led us to another person that, that they said that that person has interviewed has information that yes. may blow this case wide open. And you have already come communicate with that person on Facebook, right? I have. I have a way oh. to contact him. So here's what I think we do, Annie. I think we put together part one. I think we play it like two weeks from now on the podcast. Okay. I think it's a great yes, idea. Jesse, I, can't I wait. want to. I this, can't is, wait. this is such a great lesson for all of us in patience, because if you will just wait and stop bugging, you'll eventually get what you want, which is what is happening for me right now. I get to be part of a true crime podcast. And, and, it only and took it, a the year. only reason is I don't want to go to prison for murder. <laughs> so this is the only way to clear my name. Instead of letting the internet do it. The only way, this is like, this is the, 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 the plot of a good movie. The only way I will not go to prison for murder is for me to prove myself that the guy never died yes. in the first place. And the only yeah. way to yeah. do that is to find him. And, and we, don't know do his, we don't know his name. We don't know anything. We just know that there's one. So the guy we have that you connect to on Facebook, they need to know it's not the guy. It's no, no, just no. a guy who everyone thinks knows one, the guy. One link closer. In We're this, one link. In, cl- we've yeah. been one link closer for approximately eleven months. I can't. I wait. have co- in, in Annie. I have contacted HBO and this Academy Award nominated <laughs> filmmaker who's doing the case first and now Syed. And you said at some point in 2022, I will have this ready for you. We will be done with it. <laughs> and then you get then you're talking movie right. rights. I then am so ready, Jesse. I'm so like happy about this. This is the best Valentine's gift y'all could have ever given it's me. I'll happen. send back all that other stuff the three of you mailed me because I will just take this instead. Okay, deal. Just a real crime. Cameron's going to be like the Sarah Koenig of the situation, and you two are like the little co-producer, little sock puppets that come on sometimes. You don't really know who they are or where they go. I don't know what my role in here is yet. (laughs) I I feel like you have a good... Maybe you have a good... I'm talking myself out of a role here. I need to be... She thinks Ira Glass sometimes. I could be Ira. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think we oh, need yeah. to do our version of uh, drunk history, and and one of you tell the story <laughs> of what happened, or uh, during the interview, the person tells it, and then we reenact it. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> Chandler, you be the guy that might be dead. And, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we missed it this day. I got to fall on you again, man. Just hold tight. Hey, you know what, Chandler? Lens cap on. Lens cap on. We gotta do it again, man. Cameron, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you and I talk about this that on the second season of Making a Murderer? They reenact a million parts of that yeah. on like yeah. weird bodies and stuff. So that's what we're gonna have to do to you, uh, Chandler. Jesse's just gonna have to <laughs> fall on you. I, no, I think we need to get that like silicone dummy they had on MythBusters. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and allow me just to fall on him. And like, and people are like, "What are you trying to ascertain about the identity of this person by falling on a silicone dummy over and over again?" That's it's right. part of this. It's part of the investigation. <laughs> just Cameron, I need fifteen thousand dollars for a lifelike silicone dummy to fall on repeatedly <laughs> for this podcast. Done. No and, and, we'll, and people will only ever hear the audio so from it. I am so excited about this. Essential. This makes me so happy. Well, we'll have a new tour highlight. We'll have the the dummy here as another st- you know another stop in the studio tour when people come visit. So that'll be good. <laughs> oh, um, so good. Okay, now it's time for number four. Uh, number four. John Legend has released a new song about putting his faith into action. Today, the lead singer released his new track, Preach 
which he says was inspired by his church upbringing. In uh, an Instagram in an Instagram video, he explained, "I grew up in the church, and one of the things we talked about was loving our neighbors as we love ourselves." My preacher told me that our neighbor wasn't just the person that lives next door to you, but other people whom you might not even know. Uh, Though in a conversation with us, with Relevant earlier this year, he said that he no longer considers himself religious. He still thinks the teachings of Jesus are essential. He said Jesus was kind of a revolutionary in his own way. He was fighting the power and speaking out for the underdog almost all the time throughout his life. That's why he was so dangerous. And that's why the powers that be wanted him to not be around anymore. I think there's been more of a conversation about that lately, too. I think that's a good thing. Here's a clip of John Legend's new song called Preach. Heaven knows I'm not helpless But I'm only human Can't see the use in me crying If I'm not even trying to make the change I want to see I can't sit and hope I can't just sit and pray That I can find the love And all I see is pain I fall into my knees Go, oh, I do believe I can't just preach Baby, preach you know, I don't want to take credit for this Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this is a big week for yeah. relevant uh, music covers So John Legend was on our cover uh, And then right after that He gets his EGOT He gets yeah. he, he, his, he completes his EGOT His Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and his Tony Right, right after he's on the cover of Relevant. And then this last week, I don't know if you noticed, uh, it was the Grammys. And our current co- our, our current cover is Tori Kelly, or our last cover is Tori Kelly. The cover for that, Lauren Daigle. Both of them take home two Grammys. I'm just, Not I don't know. I don't know, what's, I don't know what's going on here. You go on the cover <laughs> of Relevant, you get your EGOTs, you get your Grammys. I mean, it's like something's going Pretty. on. Hey, we're, we're the gatekeepers. To yeah. be noted, yeah, people should know that. That's we, how we, Cameron and I were talking about this earlier this week, and how you know Mace is now over to <gasps> like Mace was on our cover in two thousand five. So yeah. much. Okay, Did y'all see was... the video of him at Justin Timberlake's birthday party? No. Recently, yeah, he performed at Justin Timberlake's birthday what party. It's perform? on his Instagram. What did it, What because, did Mace perform? Uh, oh, I don't remember the name, but it's one of his hits. It's one of the old ones, but it is a great. Wait, I mean, it's not one of his brand new hits. Yeah, you're the worst. Yeah, to reach into the, He's gonna have brand to new the archives. Yeah, it's but, amazing. You're gonna Mace, go watch. Justin Timberlake falls on the ground. He's so happy that Mace is at his birthday party. Okay, I I need to. Okay, this is the this is who this is the the state of culture in in 2004. Okay, okay. This is this is. Uh, I'm reading the cover lines. From when Mace was on the cover of Relevant. Uh, in, Is this in before two, you were an employee? You, you came in 05, right? No, this was actually the first couple things I wrote. Were this, so this was January of 05. You okay. led with Mace. Good man. Yeah, yeah my first issue was Mace issue. Okay, uh, here I want to read you some cover lines from uh, the Mace story. Okay, uh, uh, the rebirth of Mace, what he's not telling him in TV. Mace has not aged that well, I will say. Now, here are two that's other not, people. That's not, that's, not cover, that's not a cover line. That's just your observation looking yeah. at the cover now. Yeah, okay. here, are not two, here are two other people. Here are two other people that are featured on the cover of the magazine to entice people to purchase it. Are oh, you guys ready? Right. Are you, don't make fun of ourselves. All right, I can't wait. I can't wait. No, I'm no. making fun of the state of pop culture because at All the time, right. Scott Stapp. <laughs> no. Wow. We did and, it. and 
M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, wow. That makes sense. I can see I that will say happening this. again. Michael Scott would have loved this issue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember at the time, I'm like, wow, but all these guys are really opening up about faith here. You yeah, know? It, was just, a, it, just, it was a big get that we got uh, Mace, and we did a photo shoot with Mace. It was like, it was a big deal. And then it was before he was pastoring, right? Uh, it was in that era where he was, you know, talking about Jesus a lot. Those were all three and, gets at the time. Yeah. 2004. Circa, circa I'd say they I would were say those, gets at the time. You they were. I'm not making a cut. Yeah. It wasn't the only magazine that was putting Creed on the on as a. Just, see, I forget about. <laughs> I forget about how long we've been around slash how old we are until you pull up old covers like that and then we're like oh yeah remember when they were cool i was like oh no i mean that was a long time ago <laughs> that, you know that that one also had an interview with the guys from jimmy world conducted by david crowder which oh, yeah, at the yeah. time i thought was like the coolest thing. i still think it's cool yeah it was, the uh, was zach like, lind, cool. the drummer from jimmy world zach zach lind's a believer and david crowder wrote the article david crowder interviewed him and that yeah. that issue that was a good issue i that stand was, by that I, issue. Like when, I like when we do that i still like when we do that when we get somebody like the, when we conduct a, a like crossover crossover episode where we bring somebody in to interview like remember a couple of years we had we had don don uh, miller interviewed tony hale and it was a really great it was a, it was a really wonderful art it was super interesting i remember when we did uh annie f downs interviewed the bachelor remember that uh, that, that was a <laughs> yeah. big one yeah they still, still in touch. They still someone, really speak that. someone in our office did speak to one of the most famous bachelors today by the way uh, yeah. what? next time i should have thought of you yeah wait what i think, I think wait, we wait. you gotta Keep wait talking. you gotta wait next issue wait it's a tease, wait. Wait. It's a tease. yep coming up coming, coming up it's coming wow it'll come to my house then that's very exciting jesse just to keep you updated i finished my Lacroix. So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, your hands would have been frozen solid. It was nice and cold the whole time. So (laughs) thank God, thank God, you're not frostbitten. Thank God, my hands are fine. I can continue to be a part of this podcast with healthy hands. With healthy hands, that sounds like a good podcast name. With healthy hands. A massage. That could be the name of the of our crime podcast. podcast. Oh, a prayer podcast. No, that, that's, that's more sweet. like I picture that as like uh, like a um, some sort of like you know health conscious massage massage. Pod. I don't know. I think I I think it's a, a podcast exclusively about moisturizers. Hmm. Oh, uh, we just t- try different ones and like the aloes, some exfoliating ones. All right, trying this out right now. You just hear. <laughs> I'm going to score some out. Greasy, greasy, greasy. It's a compelling listen. Compelling listen. Oh my gosh. All right. Coming in at number three. Number three. Uh, Chris Pratt told Stephen Colbert uh, this week about how a Christine Kane teaching has helped him as a Christian in Hollywood. This is crazy. Well, on the late show this week, uh, promoting Lego Movie 2, which was awesome, by the way, and I cried quite a bit. Uh, Did you really? Oh, dude. I mean, my son makes fun of me. He looks over at the touching moments and like literally will look over at me to see if I'm crying. And of course I'm crying. I mean, it's just, it's it's a whole thing. (laughs) What did you cry more in? Into the Spider-Verse or Lego Movie 2? Lego Movie 2. No question. Wow. 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 Oh, really? Wow. It's a tearjerker. No question. Mm. Uh, If you saw Lego Movie, the original, the end was a touching moment about father and son, you know? And it was like very, it was, it was sweet. This was that amount of emotional impact times 
five or 10, okay? And it was about brother and sister. Now, I don't have a sister, but I think of Chandler like a sister. And so, <laughs> so it that really, be, it, it really moved me. It really moved me. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. It made you appreciate your Chandler. sibling. And so, I don't know. I looked over on his you know, I, I think I think I speak for us all when I say we all kind of think of Chandler like a sister. <laughs> so, Chandler. I don't know if I want to see this movie in theaters now. So you make, it's going it's to really... It's gonna, yeah, I, I don't like Get to cry in public. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, no, right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I stop myself. I stop myself. Oh, just, man. Oh, man. I, 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 anyway, Chris Pratt was on Colbert promoting Lego Movie 2. And he... Um, Colbert asked him about recently going on the Daniel Fast, which he was posting about. And the conversation turned to lessons from uh, the Old Testament. So Colbert asked Pratt if he ever felt like he was in a lion's den, you know, Daniel, by being a celebrity in the public eye. Uh, In response, uh, Chris discussed a recent teaching he had heard by a preacher at church who he didn't remember the name of in that moment. Um, The teaching, though, helped him maintain a healthy perspective as a celebrity in Hollywood. Uh, he later confirmed that it was Christine Kane on Twitter. I, so you do, here's you know, clip but I, I just recently, I wish I could remember who this quote is by. I'll, I'm going to post it after this because the name is, has slipped my mind right now. But there's this great quote that I actually heard in church and it felt like a really appropriate, which was, if the spotlight that's shining on you is brighter than the light that, that comes from within you, it'll kill you. And you see it all the time. Wow. And people in our position, people that are actors, you see it a lot. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a real bright spotlight. If you don't have enough of a self to share, then you can get swamped. If you don't have a life, well, sometimes just having a self to share is is what kills you because you've because there's nothing left. So you have to you have to have a light to share. You have to have a light that that's just as bright as any of these lights, and. then you can survive. Then you can save some of yourself and not give it all away. You know. Wow. I like that. Well, Thanks, man. It's interesting there that Colbert, <clears throat> I think, turned that uh, quote, you know, kind of unintentionally kind of misrepresented it to make it like, oh, you got yeah. to save a piece of yourself. And, you know, Chris Pratt d- turned it to like Christine Kane's intention was like, no, yourself's not enough. Like, right. obviously, you know, we understand that the light she is talking about is is, you know, faith in Christ. But it's because if you misunderstand it that you do have to preserve some of yourself instead of giving it all away. That's still, it is like to his point, it, that's not enough. Like it ha- you have to rely on strength greater than yourself. It was a really interesting exchange be- between those two. It was awesome. I loved it. I thought that was so cool. I, I was at the if gathering last weekend, you know, and I was like, and Christine came was there and I was like, Chris, how does it feel <laughs> that Chris <laughs> Pratt quoted you on television? And you know her, she was like, Oh, it's fine. <laughs> she was like, it was yeah. great. I was like, Oh man, I'd have told everybody. I mean, it'd have been the only thing y'all heard me talk about for the first hour of our friendship <laughs> right afterwards that Chris Pratt quoted well, me on TV. I think we're going to get a taste of it next week after you talk to Ben Higgins and you're Yeah, you you're better probably, believe that. Yeah, that's right. You probably <laughs> won't talk the only that's our other podcast we're starting is the one about I my mean, love life. I mean, if you want to interview him for the pod, just find a topic. We could arrange that very <laughs> oh, easily. Oh, I can find a topic. You don't have to worry about that. When do I not have something to talk about, Jesse? Like, hey, uh, your healthy hands? 
Your love of koozies. <laughs> no. your, I mean, because of the koozies. Your prophetic koozie strategy. Do you have a matching groom koozie for the bride? And now, one? I would like to introduce you a guest on my Helping Hands podcast. You may know him from <laughs> The Bachelor. Ben Higgins, welcome. Hold out your hands. What's the grease level on this one, Ben, compared to the other ones I've had you try so far? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Okay, coming in at number two. Number two. Patrick Mahomes credited God... Uh, with his MVP season, the 23-year-old Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, it's a football team, uh, uh, was named the NFL's most valuable player and honored at a recent ceremony. Uh, the award comes after one of the most statistically impressive years in NFL history with Mahomes breaking several league and franchise records. Well, he thanked his fans, his family and teammates, but then started the list of thank yous by recognizing God, saying that without him, uh, none of us would even be here. Uh, he's been outspoken about his Christian beliefs in the past, telling uh, faithfamilysports.com that his faith is central to who he is. Here's a clip. I've learned a ton, and uh, my faith's always been a big part of what I do. My mom's big on it. She's right behind me, and uh, so I've, I've grown up in church, and I mean, it, it really helps you know the, why you're playing the game and who you're doing it for. Yeah, that's cool, man. Anything else you would want to say that might imp- I mean, I know you're a young guy, but to youth that might be struggling through some stuff of like you haven't kind of broke through that thing and, and being where you are, what, what might you do to encourage them? Yeah, just to keep fighting. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is to keep going for your dreams and uh, and hopefully it'll work out. And, I mean, if you put your best effort for it, that's why you can never regret anything. Interestingly, back in 2016 when he was still in college, uh, the ringer uh, profiled Mahomes uh, talking to family members, including his mother, who revealed that faith was so important to him that he chose to get himself baptized in seventh grade. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I, I could see you guys are, are thrilled about this topic, but uh, <laughs> he 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 was one of the most exciting players in, in the league this year. I mean, he if, if you ever watched a lot of football, he, he would make plays where he would literally throw the ball left-handed while evading tackles. Like, he's ambidextrous and can throw the ball 80 yards with both hands. But the wow. thing is, like, he's such, like, a mellow and really kind of uh, friendly guy that if he's the new face of the NFL, which again, his, the, the stats were unlike anything that the league has seen, you know, in, in a decade, then I think there's a lot to be hopeful for about having some like positive influence in the NFL because yeah. he's, it seems like a genuinely great person. That's awesome. I think so too. Let's get him on the show too. He seems nice. Oh, he is. Well, you know what, though? The problem is he's, he's got great a, hands. Well, he's ambidextrous and yeah. he's going to require double the moisturizer. Yeah. You know I'm telling you. We're going to bring in the extra strength stuff for him to test. Just tubs and tubs of moisturizer. Pure coconut oil. He's, really he's a purist. I don't know if you've ever seen an NFL-sized hand. It's a large hand. It's a lot of surface area you got to cover. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, yeah. We'll do our best. And tubs. <laughs> tubs and tubs. We start saving now. All right. So for week two of the hot list, coming in at... Number one. Number one. Well, they are officially making, officially making a Breaking Bad movie. Series creator Vince Gilligan has signed on to write and direct a feature length film that will air or debut on Netflix and will focus on Jesse Pinkman. Brian Cranston explained that there are a lot of people who felt that they wanted to see some kind of completion to some of these storylines that were left open in the series finale. 
his storyline was kind of resolved. Uh, it's unclear if Walter White will appear in the film, though he said he would absolutely appear in the movie if asked. Uh, he quote, uh, he said, I don't know if there's an appearance, flashbacks, flash forwards. What would that be? The afterlife? Uh, but I'm excited about it. Uh, Better Call Saul, which is another show set in the Breaking Bad universe, has also been greenlit for a fifth season, thankfully. It's a fantastic show. Well, so. well I've, I mean, Brian Cranston is on record before, you know, kind of hinting that you never actually see Walt White die. Like, you, I you, you know, see. I know. Implying he might not be dead? That's <laughs> the implication. <sighs> I mean. In my oh, head, wow. canon, in my head, canon, Walt, Walt, six feet under. No, I, it is like I think one of the most unexpected like cinematic universes that we've kind of seen spawn from the prestige era of TVs that we're in. You know, it, the, obviously, like Breaking Bad has nothing to do with uh, with superheroes or anything that you would intuitively think would would lend itself to spinoff films and series, but. If Vince Gilligan is involved, it's going to be really good. We've seen that from Better Call Saul. I read something interesting related to this Breaking Bad film is that Vince Gilligan took like a a three year development deal with, um, you know, like a production company worth like $50 million. When you look at Shonda Rhimes or what's the guy who did Glee and Ryan Murphy? um, Is that the other? um, If you look at Shonda Rhimes and who, 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 who those guys have like, you know, six series going in a row. Like Sean Ryan's has all these like murder and, you know, shows and scandal. They were getting nine figure deals for three years because their production Uh output was so prolific. Vince Villigan only got 50 because he did you say nine figure, nine figures. I'm hundreds of millions of dollars to produce so many zeros to, to produce a bunch of shows for these networks where Vince Villigan, Vince Gilligan only got 50 because he's so single minded in what he's doing. He'll only, he refuses to do more than like one thing at a time. And I think that part of, part of that shows the, the, is a credit to the quality of these shows and why I think I'm excited about uh, a Breaking Bad movie because I've thoroughly enjoyed Better Call Saul. I think week to week, it's one of the best dramas with real depth and real moral complexity that asks big questions and demands big questions from the audience. I I think it's a good thing that this is going If it on. wasn't for the quality of Better right. Call Saul, I probably wouldn't be all that interested in it. I'd be like... Breaking Bad was great while it lasted. I was, I'm happy with it. I don't need a continuation of it. But because of the sheer quality of Better Call Saul, which I think as we've discussed on this show, I think uh, at least a few of us would say it's probably better than Breaking Bad at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm ready to greenlight pretty much anything Vince Gilligan wants to do in this uh, the Breaking Bad cinematic universe, I guess we'd call it. It seems like a I, I, and I, I'm kind of like you alluded to, Cameron. I kind of feel like the show closed the loop on Jesse's story. Pretty much gave us the, uh, like, I, I saw as much of him as I wanted to, but I'm always down for more Aaron Paul. And if there's a good story there, then uh, I'll tune in. Annie, are you a fan of Breaking Bad? No, I didn't watch it. I know I'm the worst. I know your face tells me everything. Cedar in the Pines, well, people. Jesse's eyes just got that. very big. I honestly think Breaking Bad is, I mean, as a series arc, but all, even also episode to episode, is sort of a modern day parable about the yeah. you know uh, the slippery slope of compromise. I mean, it, it's tough though, Jesse, to like for somebody like her. To, oh to no 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 not like you somebody who hasn't been watching to for us to say go watch Breaking Bad because Annie when they first started the show years ago right I mean mid two thousands 
they thought it was going to be a dark comedy, which is why they they cast Malcolm in the middle's dad right. as the lead, right? They thought it was like a dark comedy. The first couple of seasons of Breaking Bad are a different show and not as good. What happened is they started to realize the potential of the storylines and the world that they were creating. They uh-huh. also started to see the the ca- amazing casting and acting and to Gilligan's credit and the show runner's credits, like they pivoted the show and they yeah. made it something that turned into some of the finest art and really ushered in or propelled or solidified the golden era of television. I mean, it was like, it is, it is significant, wow. right? And so the seasons three, four, five ended up becoming vital, vital television. Like honestly, but one and two are almost unwatchable. Like, like under the, under the current eye, if you were to start now, you'd be like, and then, so we're telling you like, it you would gotta, take me a long time to be yeah, like, what are these yahoos telling me to watch? And you, you're, I don't want to waste 20 something hours of your life having to wade Thank through you. something that's not vital. You know what I mean? To yeah. just to catch up. I just jump into the movie. I'm not above yeah. reading. There was one series that I didn't want to watch, but my friends all liked it. And so I would just read a summary of every episode so that I can keep up. So maybe I'll just do a little reading about, about it before the movie comes out. Well, and and I don't think there's been a show that does a finer job of showing two competing moral arcs of one character searching futilely for redemption through works and another character that, you know, makes slow moral compromises to try to achieve a greater good, which at the beginning is to try to save his, you know, is to provide for his family and to show like, once you start making small compromises, you make bigger and bigger ones until you literally become a different person. In his case, Walter White into Heisenberg. And, you know, I think those sort of moral lessons that Vince Gilligan was so good at exploring make it not just like a really entertaining series, but for, for Christians, one that I feel like there's real value in engaging with. And because that show took off so well, and that lesson was, was so evident in it, uh, America stopped trying to justify doing bad things for the, for good, good potential reasons ever again. And that yeah. has not been a temptation since. <laughs> I would say in the political <laughs> realm, I would say, there's not been I, I one think everybody compromise. Agrees that no such nothing. thing. No, one compromise the greater good don't, don't do it stay on the yeah that's why i think that i think we could really credit that to breaking bad all right well that'll do it for week two of the hot list here's that second jingle option one more time it's the hot list the hot list it's sizzling mm. Let's sit on that one. Your Let's sister did so good on that. Let's see. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Chandler, <laughs> for next week, can it just be that 80s song and it's just a clip? I'm feeling hot, hot, hot. I just want them to be random at some point and it just. I got my baby back and that's it. Just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Stay tuned up next. Jonathan Merritt joins us. Talk about the SBC scandal. Too unperfect. The song is "Gots to Give the Girl." At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Coin with their new single "Cemetery." Well, this week's show is also brought to you by Blinkist. 
hey, it's a new year, and I think we're all trying to better ourselves, uh, grow, find margin, and in that margin, maybe read more. Well, sometimes it can be really hard when we're overwhelmed with work and other aspects of life. That's why there's an app I highly recommend, which might help you be more mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to them. Blinkist is made uh, for busy people like you who want to get the main points out of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help to business, health, the history books. Uh, right now, uh, I'm, I'm this week, recently, I, I, I read uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I did uh, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast by Lauren Vanderkam. Brush Your Teeth was number one on the list, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's not true. Hallelujah Anyway by Anne Lamott. They have a great selection. I have a bunch more in my cart. I'm going to tackle this weekend. Um, well, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for relevant podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. There you go. Well, Jonathan Merritt is an author, contributing writer at The Atlantic, and an acclaimed religion reporter whose father once served as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, his most recent book is called Learning to Speak God from Scratch, Why Sacred Words Are Vanishing and How We Can Revive Them. It's available now. Uh, we wanted to bring Jonathan on to hear his unique perspective as a religion reporter and as somebody who's worked for the SBC and has obviously been very involved over the years. So without any further ado, to talk to us about what's going on and the news happening this week about the Southern Baptist Convention, here is Jonathan Merritt. So when I talked to Jonathan, one of the things that I wanted to learn from him as sort of an expert in the SBC is what we were talking about earlier today, which is how much the SBC has relied on a defense of autonomy for these allegations. The idea that the churches are self-governing governing bodies within the SBC. Uh, and there's a sense in which the SBC was saying our hands were tied in some level on these allegations up to this point. I was curious how Jonathan and felt about that defense. 40 years ago, Southern Baptists were still quite Baptist, which means they were autonomous. They had autonomy of belief without uh, repercussion, etc. But an event happened in the Southern Baptist Convention, particularly in the 1970s, which corresponds uh, not coincidentally with the rise of the religious right in America, where the denomination became very conservative. It's called the conservative takeover, the fundamentalist takeover, the conservative resurgence, depending on who you talk to, of the Southern Baptist Convention, where conservative factions mobilized, took over all of the agencies, uh, all of the leadership structure, and kicked out liberals. The fact that they can enforce those rules and have enforced those rules, have kicked churches out of the SBC for for uh, disobeying these bylaws would suggest that they really don't have a lot of ground to stand on when it, when they say they couldn't enforce them when it comes to sexual abusers in their midst. Yeah, well, and the other thing to, to Jonathan's point there, it's like it's a self-regulated regulation saying, well, we don't have we're not granted the power to uh, enforce things in these churches. 
they are the ones who are not granting themselves the power. They could just yeah, grant themselves exactly. the power to do it. So to me, that seems like a very poor argument because what is essentially saying that is we didn't have the desire to the regulation, not that we weren't given the power to, because they're the ones who can decide who does and doesn't have certain powers. And I think another big part of that, and this, and this is something else that Jonathan and I talked about a little bit, was that for all the talk about church autonomy and self-governance that we heard this week from the SBC, the fact is, this is a very similar scandal to what's been happening over the past 10 years. <laughs> I should say 10 years that we've known about what's been happening over at the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, the, the investigation has sort of kicked off with the spotlight uh, investigation in Boston and has not stopped going ever since then. Is happening in an institution that is very hierarchical and that has a lot of and that, that is not autonomous in any stretch and is, in fact, very, very proud of that. I asked Jonathan a little bit about the difference between what's happening in the SBC and what's happening in the Catholic Church. The, the Catholic Church has a particular type of polity. It's very hierarchical. And so the leadership structure of the Roman Catholic Church, which makes it in many ways, I would say, worse than what's happening in the SBC. It's not worse in the sense that anytime children are harmed, that is unbelievably terrible. But, but it's, it's more systemic because you had a leadership uh, in the Catholic Church that was complicit in the crimes. They were committing the crimes, and then they were covering up the crimes. Uh, that is not always the case of what was happening in these Southern Baptist churches, and it was never the case of what was happening uh, at the executive level. Because there was no hierarchical structure, these are things that were happening in isolated, disconnected churches. What's being asked is that we would now connect these churches through technology so they would know. For example, if, if uh, a, a Southern Baptist youth pastor molests a boy and he's sort of swept under the rug, you're fired, get out of here, we're not going to press charges, but leave. He goes to another town on his own will, gets a job, fails to report that, that he was accused of this. There's no way that they could know. He gets a job and he recommits a crime. In the Roman Catholic Church, they would come and they would tell the bishop, let's say, or they would tell another priest. And then the bishop would unilaterally decide to move this priest who committed this crime to another parish and cover it up, and then the crime would be recommitted. So you can see how in the Roman Catholic Church's uh, scenario, it's, it's almost worse because the hierarchy is actually involved in the committing and the covering up of crimes, and that's not the case in the Southern Baptist situation. So I think... To Jonathan's point, um, I don't want to get into the business of like ranking who has the better, who comes out looking better here because nobody is, looks good in a situation like this. And like Jonathan said, what happens is, is horrible in both cases. But what you don't have with the SBC is this level of systemic cover up because there really isn't a system there in the same way that there is with the Catholic Church. And to, you know, someone like J.D. Greer's credit who is, you know, obviously the SBC doesn't have a Pope, but they do have a president. And he has seemed like he wants the outcome to be transparency and accountability because of the institutional structure there that hasn't been able to exist. But hopefully they're able to make changes where there are enforceable things at the high level that can trickle down to the low level to prevent this from happening in the future. 
the problem I think with that is going to be how much power does somebody like J.D. Greer actually have? Because as the SBC has always said, that this is not an institution. This is not a hierarchy. Uh, J.D. Greer is in many cases, and this I don't say this to demean him at all. I, I think that he would agree with this on some level. He's not a president in the sense that he decides what comes next for the SBC, but he serves as, as sort of a, a figurehead and a spokesperson, a public face of the organization. Those are things that the SBC needs, and I'm glad that they have them, but they what they don't have is a anything in place where they can enact new church polity in any sort of substantive way. That would take some huge changes to the SBC. Tyler, I know one thing you and Jonathan talked about uh, is, is the situation going to get worse before it gets better? What was his take on that? Well, he, he, as you might expect, suggested that things are, that this could really be the tip of the iceberg. And he even had a, a personal anecdote about that. Here's what he said. I uh, talked to a pastor recently in Texas who had a situation just like this. Uh, he had uh, sexual offenders in his church. The pastor who replaced him abused a child. Uh, they didn't even include this guy's name in their database. Uh, that person represents, you're talking now between 40 and 50,000 churches uh, across the country, 700, that, that number is not even close to what it will become. So the question is, is can they act quickly enough before they look even worse and before their image becomes uh, that they are a denomination where children are not safe? And if uh, I think if that is the image of this denomination, you will find that their 46,000 some odd churches across America will really suffer because there are not a lot of parents who want to show up at a church where they say, I just don't know if my child will be safe here. So Tyler, you know, even JD Greer in the, in the statement that he released this week said 700 victims is only the beginning. And a lot like mm -hmm. Jonathan alluded to there. Um, I think the question that, you know, I know when I've talked to Cameron about this earlier and we were looking at different ways we wanted to cover it was, you know, how are things going to change in the past? Did Jonathan have any kind of insight into what moving forward could possibly look like? Well, he, like, uh, like, like a lot of people, he said he was glad that this database existed. It's unfortunate that it took an outside third party to do it. Uh, in some sense, uh, that it was against the will even of the SBC that this thing was created in the first place. And he did have a few ide other ideas that would involve changes at a much more systemic root level that wouldn't involve just targeting the symptoms of something that's happening at the SBC, but getting down to the actual causes. Uh, here's a few of them. I think that this denomination, which is very wealthy, should create a fund for victims who need uh, help. Uh, it's very expensive in the United States, even with health care reform uh, being what it is, to get adequate uh, health care, particularly for mental health. And there are a lot of people out there who, because this denomination failed to protect them and they were harmed by repeat offenders, they need adequate mental health. Uh, uh, coverage so that they can heal from these wounds. And I think that the denomination uh, should step up and should provide that. So I think they should immediately create uh, a fund to cover that for victims. I think they should launch an investigation of their own. Uh, you know, it's sad when you go into these conservative circles, they love to malign the media uh, some of the monolithic media, whatever that is. And yet here is an example where the media did for the church 
what the church failed to do. They did righteous work, uh, but the work is not done. And I think the Southern Baptist Convention has an obligation now to step up and to, to clean their own house. So they need to do a full and complete sweeping investigation to see just how bad this problem is. So Tyler, it seems like, you know, Jonathan is familiar enough with kind of the institutional structure and the resources available to the Southern Baptist Church, uh, to, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention that, uh, you know, it seems hopeful that changes uh, could be made Um it's such a heartbreaking situation. It's a heartbreaking situation. I, hopeful may not be the right word. I, I think the the changes are there and they are possible. Uh, it, it would be anybody's guess as to whether or not they're actually going to happen. Because as you know, Jesse, this is a very big, complicated institution and things just move slowly, no matter how bad the the situation is and, and no matter the how how good the intentions of some people in the SBC are and and this none of this is to is to knock individual people within the SBC because we both have a lot of friends who are Southern Baptists obviously but this is a, a very very serious problem and uh, I think Jonathan's right when he says if, if they do not move quickly then this is going to be a brand the SBC cares with it for a long long time. That was Jonathan Merritt. You can follow him on Twitter at Jonathan Merritt. And for ongoing coverage of this story with commentary and discussion, follow along at relevantmagazine.com. This episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Libscom University. At Libscom University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like. Plus, you earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus with the flexibility to fit your life. Listen, at Relevant, we believe in you, the listener. We know you're ready to lead. So you can pursue your goals and a better world at Libscom Online. Visit libscom.edu slash online to learn more. That's libscom.edu slash online. You're listening to Alison Pompier. The song is gross. I mean, I wasn't describing it. That's the name. <laughs> okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you guys, what is the most awkward gift you've ever gotten? Uh, it, we were thinking about, you know, it's Valentine's uh, this week, which is Annie's prime time. Prime time of the year. <laughs> Valentine's time week. Time <laughs> to shine. Really uh, is. It really is. Uh, and we got thinking about Valentine's gifts and other things that we were talking about. And uh, we want to know the most awkward gift you've ever gotten. Uh, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and posted your longer stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Annie, I, I, guys, I want to take CJ's really bad because I've been laughing about it all day since <laughs> I went through these. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Annie, I want to point you um, to uh, Kirsten's and okay. you can read that because it does involve okay. lotion. It involves okay. lotion. <laughs> and I feel like I'm, with I'm, your new I'll lotion read it and see pod, if I need to save it for the pod. Yeah. With your new lotion pod, you should read that. Right, one. Right, okay. Right. Healthy hands. So see, I love, okay. The reason I love this, cause I read, I read a bunch of these earlier and I just became a huge fan of CJ's stepdad. <laughs> okay. So CJ says my stepdad opened one of our quote unquote family gifts from my mom's aunt who always got us weird stuff. 
What was in the package was a wreath of ugly brown sticks. He inspected it for no more than three seconds before throwing it Frisbee style uh, across the living room right into the roaring fire. Two days later, the aunt called to tell us where to, to keep the wreath safe. And she made it herself and was coming to show us where to hang it. Yes, she is crazy enough to send us an or, uh, a horribly ugly gift and tell us where to hang it. Needless to say, she was a little upset on arrival. I love CJ's dad that he looked <laughs> yeah. at the wreath and waited no more frisbee. than three seconds to frisbee it into a fire. Like he didn't flip it around. He didn't, he didn't care. Put it in the trash can even. Right. Like, right he didn't put it aside to be like, okay, we got to throw this out later. He literally opened it and almost instantaneously <laughs> incinerated yeah, three it. Three seconds is so short. He, he literally knew within an instant, this must be incinerated. A good on you, CJ stepdad. Put, put, put yourself in CJ's stepdad shoes for a moment. Let's say you had done, you'd been discovered a person who had burned the, I, I probably would not, but let's say I did because now I want to. And then you find <laughs> out what CJ's stepdad found out. Do you tell the aunt like, Hey, we, I, this, I don't want to get your hopes up. I burned the gift. Or do you lie? Do you come up with a story? Do you say, Oh, we wanted uh, the, the dog, something. Yeah. Do you find it? Fell do you apart. Do? Yeah. I gotta be honest. I mean, now, I would lie. I mean, like I, I'm a liar. I, I, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I would say like it broke or something and it fell apart. So can I tell you the lesson of Breaking Bad? It starts with one moral compromise. Next thing you know, you're strangling and then melting the body of a drug dealer in your basement. We <laughs> yes. all see this play out, Cameron. I know. It's I, one I, I little feel bad. I, just I feel bad. It. Slippery slope. I know. I shouldn't admit it. I should be like, you'd say the right thing, but I would want to spare her feelings or at least soften the disappointment. And be like, it's out of my hands. Like, it's, I think uh, everyone just looks around and goes, yeah, where? Yeah, where is it? Where do you know where it is? And everyone yeah, well, just buys into it. What the heck? Yeah, yeah, it was just here. We were Wait, just where? It was huh? Just here. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk about Kirsten's. Kirsten works for a short-term missions organization, and every once in a while, a group will give their coordinators a small gift, like a Starbucks gift card or chocolate or coffee. But she said she's always pleasantly surprised and appreciative because they don't have to do that when they come and bring a team. But it's really sweet. And about a year ago, she was given a gift bag by a group. And when she opened it, it was a bunch of old toilet trees from hotels and a full size bottle of lotion that was expired a couple of years back. <laughs> uh, don't try that one, big hit. Big I, don't try that one. I, I love that. It's just like. Because I, I'm morally conflicted about people that take hotel. Like sometimes I'll, I'll read. Are like, you? Oh no! About the shampoos. Okay, oh, here's them. the thing. Okay, here's here's my question for you. Are they included in the price of the hotel room? I mean, you don't take towels. You're no, just, I don't take you, towels. Do you take you, toilet paper? I have a friend who takes. Well, a girl that I used to be on the road with oh, when wow. I was on a bus tour, she would always when we had day rooms, she would take the extra roll of toilet paper. That felt I, too far to me. That feels very far. That feels. That, I've taken that feels, hangers. I've taken coat hangers. No, they're a, they're a major corporation. So, so you're saying if it's not nailed down, it's probably it's, in your it suitcase. Is in danger. No, exactly right. I see. Yeah. I'm soaps, soaps no. and shampoos for sure. Yeah, 100%. I can take them. No big deal. But rolls of toilet paper and coat no. hangers. No, 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 but here's no. the thing. I have so. I have so. They're overcharging like, me anyway. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> how much is this three ounces of shampoo going to save me? <laughs> like in the long run. No, no, no. It's not about that. And it's. I mean, I, something I learned. I don't. I don't like staying with friends. Like I, I like staying in hotels if I can. But I yeah. stayed with a friend once in New York, and and the little guest bath. He had a little basket 
basket of yes. uh, unused sure. toiletries for yep. his travels. Yeah. And it was such a nice little assortment. I, I replicated it, the gesture at my house. And my I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When, my I, house. when I stay over at your house, you always have like a little, I have options too. Do yeah, I options. want the Pert Plus to shampoo and conditioner? <laughs> right. right. yeah. yeah. And, and I very much appreciate the Hilton or the Marriott. I have taken dozens of bottles of shampoo from your home. And left them back at hotels. You should know. Also, you should know I murdered a drug dealer in your basement. (laughs) (laughs) And you took all my coat hangers. That's you. That was me. That's it. All right. I really like, I I feel like we have kind of a running theme a lot on on this podcast, which is a, a persistent men. And, and Crystal got, got involved with one here. She says, in high school, high school, there was a guy who was repeatedly asking me out on a date nearly every day. I was pretty consistent with my, wow. simply, my simple reply of no. One day, after months and months of solid no, months and months of solid no's. Oh, my word. I was going through a really stressful morning, and he started asking. I eventually said fine to shut him up and thought that one day it would be it. Lesson here for for anybody they're, listening. It's they're married. It's never it. It's that's never that's never it. Um, we went on a not awesome date. Following which, he seemed to think we were in a, we were in a committed relationship. It was just oh, before Lord. school was out for Christmas break. I found out nearly a week after this one date that he had spent a considerable amount of money buying me things for Christmas, including a necklace with a pendant that said "I love you" on it. Oh Ooh. my gosh. He probably oh, wow. really did love her. That's this a lot of asking somebody this guy's out. This a serial killer. This, yeah. is, this is a breaking bad <laughs> situation. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a bad, true crime. That's the intro true. to that's a true a, crime. Yeah, that's, a, that's the start of a true crime podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, fortunately, she never had to, she says she never had to see him again because he mysteriously died due to some blunt force trauma uh, that was not explained. <laughs> you know, the irony is people didn't, he, the, the person that fell on him in that moment didn't know he was wearing a heart-shaped pendant that literally <laughs> pierced his it literally broke his heart oh uh, my God. ryan said I, I love this one because i feel like this is a situation that any of us could plausibly be in i yeah, know that not. I, I i feel like i've been i could see how this could happen uh for a bridal shower my wife received a salsa making kit okay Oof objectively a terrible gift okay it's so specific it's so much work how how much is how much is a jar of salsa three bucks i'm not making that right i'm not gonna i Keep need a going whole kit. tell about the kid the kid's interesting okay <laughs> this this she it's so much work rent. it's she so much work you for so little payoff hold on hold on hold on listen a salsa salsa is so little payoff man it's not even a main course it's something you put it out on the table it's barely above a decoration okay you're getting five six bites maybe yeah. how much salsa are you eating i mean are like, you really are you gonna hand squeeze and homemade your homemade your ketchup i mean this like, isn't like a cake baking kit where everyone yeah. eats a big slice and you have a party around it this is a side it's it, people don't have ashtrays anymore they have salsa out it's okay not, it's not oh, a wow. side it's a condiment i mean you're not home making mustard i mean exactly like, it's yeah. it's a it's a it's so much work so a little payoff okay the kids included homemade mustard that seems really difficult i don't even know what's in mustard I have mustard's a neighbor, just mustard listen, i have a neighbor that just homemade some peanut butter okay oh, you can home make anything it, I, I, ask him to homemade mustard i don't even okay. know how you start so anyway you uh, have a little little bit of faith 
Just a little bit of fear. Oh. And then... fired. Are we allowed to fire you? No. Because <laughs> that joke gets you fired. Yeah. Uh, this includes... Okay, so here's what was in the, the, the sauce-making kit. Various plants that we could grow to make our own sauce of. Hold on. Okay. I would like to point out that she cut off your rant and then just tried to fire me. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. My, the queen thing went to my head. I apologize. Yeah. I retracted. I love being on I mean, here with I all know. of you. It's Valentine's week. I know it's I know, your time I'm to shine. I'm so sorry. But you don't got to like try to hurt others. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't. My queendom <laughs> went to my head and I deeply apologize. Listen, not only does this salsa making kit like, <laughs> like necessitate you grinding up the ingredients, it literally included plants that you have to grow. Yes, that's so like, cool. Yeah. I, that feel like, I feel like a salsa making kit is something you're going to find in the weird shelf at TJ Maxx. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's oh, like, exactly. Oh, like man. Home Everybody goods. knows that shelf. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's like, oh, $8 candy. Yeah. <laughs> so (laughs) napkin holders this is where they are um okay so so that included plants okay needless to say uh they never used it so that christmas they decided to give it away at a white elephant gift exchange when someone opened our gift they said i think i got this for you at your wedding shower (laughs) sure enough Sure enough, uh, oh, the salsa making kit went to its rightful owner. Went full <laughs> circle. It boomeranged. It yeah. boomeranged. That yeah. is the worst. That is the worst. Like, I went to a yard sale uh, where a bunch of people had given things with a friend. When we went to go, like, oh, it's a fundraiser for an adoption, and we went to the yard sale. And I and in the pile of things was an entire gift I had given the friend that was with me. I was like, oh. I gave you that. I brought you oh. that from Georgia. And she was like, Oh my gosh, you did. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> we aren't friends anymore. Are it's you fine. friends? Have you ever spoken to them again? Zero. Never again. Cut them yeah. out of my life. No. You know what? Uh, I have I have cozies for nine of you. But you Coozies. don't get a cozy koozie. <laughs> you are going to have <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> fingers. That's and, your and payback. You're going to have very cold hands. Yeah, enjoy your cold hands and eventually a warm soda, jerk. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're 100% right. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany's here is interesting because uh, it, it raises a lot of questions. I feel like there's a lot of gaps I'd like to see filled in yeah. here. Yeah, I agree. Going on. Yeah, I saw uh, that as well. Lots of things, lots of, lots of follow-up questions. It, yeah, because, okay, here's one, what the, and I'll let you get to it, but she says something so offhandedly and casually as if we should all know that this item ever existed that's yeah. what was perplexing right. to me about there's right. a few things here that she and she says all of this with a like so what happened was type thing when this there's like a whole short story here obviously <laughs> so she says my dad's stepmom and siblings did not come to our wedding right there we got some questions like there, there's yeah. drama there something happened <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. not at the wedding Hey, um, did did Chandler actually write this? Because that has a, there's a high probability of that happening if, when he gets married. Yeah, you never know. Uh, oh, okay, well, all right. So Chandler, this is maybe you from the future. Chandler, <laughs> uh, Cameron's own sister sent us this. <laughs> Chandler from the future. Chandler, let me tell you this too. I have already begun making a wreath out of very high, very dry, very brittle sticks and should. Would you toss it into a fire? It will explode in your face and burn your house down. So don't Chandler, you dare. I'm already don't growing the plants because I'm going to give you a salsa kit with his own plants. So here's what you're getting from me. Here's what you're getting from me, Chandler. All right. So, so dad, stepmom, siblings didn't come to the wedding, but a couple months after it passed, so now months down the road, they're they're no longer even newlyweds. They sent us a large framed 
puzzle of Thomas Kincaid's painting of the Wizard of Oz. What? Thomas Kincaid painted the Wizard of Oz? No, not only that. Okay. Every word. Every <gasps> so word in this layers. phrase so brings layers. a new revelation. Because yes. here's what here's what is so like when you really think about it, you know? It's like it's like our old friend who was on a cover line on the 2005 issue, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. The more you think about it, the more like, oh, oh, oh. The twist has layers. Yeah, the twist has layers. I think I know why they missed the wedding. They got them the puzzle and then they wanted to get a frame. They were like, well, someone's got to put it together. Because <laughs> I, I had painted this family's story uh, thusly. The family uh-huh. itself, incredibly conservative religious people, and yeah. they probably didn't approve of the spouse. They boycotted the wedding. That was what I was assuming. Yeah. Yeah. The, then Same. months later, a, t- a present of a Thomas Kincaid painting shows up. I'm going, yep, story checks out. You know, yeah. Thomas Kincaid, painter of light, a lot of reli- religious households, yeah. very Christian, probably a Psalm 17, probably a passive aggressive scripture. You know, yeah. for, you know that they would have kind of like they're, they're hoping to like bless them yeah. with some yeah. like uh, yeah. or, or that, shame where, them. What, what <laughs> completely <laughs> unraveled everything was that that family would not condone a wizard. They would not condone a wizard <laughs> of no Oz. Wizardry. So no wizardry. now I don't know who these people are. Like I'm so confused. Wow, I didn't know Thomas Kincaid ever ventured outside of his usual Cottages. rapport. <laughs> and, and into the into the world of, of cinematic tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to my knowledge, it was all woodland cottages with an odd street light out front. Like yeah, for some yeah, reason, that was my that was my that was his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, but also, we house. we haven't really talked yet enough about the fact that they busted out the puzzle, made it, glued it, do whatever you do, like glued decoupage it, yeah. or whatever you have to do yeah, to make it stick, good. and then you buy the frame for it. That's yeah. a weird gift for a friend. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a multi-level gift. Yeah. You took the gift away. The gift is doing the puzzle. Gift it's like, the puzzle. Yeah. Just buy the poster. That's, that's so exactly weird. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's you like a puzzle. buying a salsa making kit and sending a picture of you eating the salsa. <laughs> you like, I grew the plants, <laughs> did all the work, and I ate it. And I ate it. I'm like, I how good it look. It was like seven <laughs> bites. I put, I put five it took me five months to grow these plants, <laughs> chop them up, mince them into salsa and I had six bites out of it and they were the best I'll tell you they weren't that great it was okay salsa it was very average salsa it would have cost me three dollars to replicate this for much better quality and much larger quantity at the grocery store <laughs> I planted the plants but I grew I these fend, I fended off weasels and, 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 and varmint that may have eaten them I watered them daily I waited for the seasons to turn shaded them I trimmed their branches then I brought them in. I chopped them up, minced them, put them in spices for weeks on end. Then, seven months later, I took three bites of the salsa they made. And it was okay. (laughs) Thank you for the salsa kit. Signed, Thank you for the salsa kit. (laughs) Oh, man. There's a lot more that came from. Uh, You should read them. They are sad. They'll make you feel better about your life. On that note, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, earlier in the show, we learned a little bit about Annie Fadowns. Uh, (laughs) We learned that as she's lounging about her home, entertaining friends, whatever it might be, if she has a cool beverage available, that thing's in a koozie. 
It's staying uh, cool. It's staying cool. It's staying cool. My hand is staying neutral. And, and, and it struck all of us as odd. You know, maybe if you're out at like the beach <laughs> or the pool, you know, where the hot blaring sun is going to make the drink warm really fast, you might want to shield it. But like lounging around the house with friends on a nice Thursday yeah. afternoon, I don't know. I don't know if you need it. Anyway, uh, we want to know your Piccadilly, your thing, your your little thing that is unique to you that you've got to have your thing this way. This is your thing. Right. And Wait, tell me what y'all's are. Uh, I, I, I have one at the house. I um. So, you know, when you go to a uh, stadium, you know, like a sports stadium, football, basketball, the concession stands, they have yeah. small, medium and then they have souvenir cup, souvenir cup. Sure. Refillable souvenir cup. Um, I drink almost exclusively out of Orlando Magic souvenir cups at my home. Oh, and <laughs> every yeah, year, true. every year uh, I acquire a complete new set. And just keep refilling it. And I have these massively large There's, souvenir cups. So do, you know, do you know what I find so offensive about this right now? Cameron's holding it. up a, 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 a cheap souvenir club. I think that's Steve Francis <laughs> on there. Okay? No, it's Jameer Nelson and, and Penny Hardaway celebrating either 25 way. years of Orlando Magic Basketball, which was five years was ago. This say, is a yeah. five-year-old cup. Oh, okay, either yeah. way. We had a white Annie. Listen to this. We had I'm a ready. white elephant. Get, I think you were there, Annie. At Christmas. Uh-huh. Yes, I was. Yeah. I picked. I got Cameron's name, and I got him. He did a top of the line. Yeah. That like the yeah. best thing the best. you can drink a beverage of any temperature yeah. out of. Uh-huh. I, I, it was a matte black Yeti it's mug. Dope. dope. It's an awesome. Mm. And he's awesome. using he's using something that costs five, five cents. Five years old. <laughs> five yeah. year old. He's using he's using a cup with Jameer Nelson. You know right. what it is? Right you know what it is? I like the quantity of Diet Coke that these that these hold. I was about to lot. ask you it's what like you put gallon. in there. It's, it's Diet Coke. Hold, yeti. hold two, up the Yeti right next to it. It's identical. Two liter, and you know it. a two liter is two of these. A two of these. This is half that a two is liter. A liter. Not of really. Liquid. You it's drink cl- a liter of it's close. When I drink out of these, I go through a two liter every night. So it's like oh, two or three glasses Cameron, is a two liter. Cameron two had my, Cameron is one of my had favorite my, things about he, you. He had my thoughtful Yeti incinerated. CJ stepdad came over and just <laughs> welded it, melted it down. So that's into mine. A puzzle I, I, frame. I, I drink out of these and it's not. Yeah. I just like CJ's, the quantity. CJ's stepdad is like the tough Murray Kondo. Like, yeah. <laughs> Murray Kondo asks you, does this spark joy? Yeah. CJ's stepdad just throws it in the fire. You don't get it. So no, no. You know what it does? It sparks. Yeah, it sparks. Not joy. Sparks it something. sparks. Yeah. It sparks. Watch. Sparks embers. It's going Tyler, right in there. Tyler, you have a, a new haircut. I feel like you're overall, I just like your personality, wow. too. I feel like you're a guy that could keep like a black comb on you at all times. And like after a quick, oh, do you have a comb like on a James Dean, Like a James Dean situation. Like a, you guys, uh, you all, all of you guys it. on this pod have known Tyler long enough. Would it shock you if he had a, ba- a black comb sticking out of his back but it's pocket? Like a, but it's no, one of those all. like super high-end like black matte metal combs or something you know it's like thick metal it's like got some out of it like i could flip it on mistaken for a knife at a glance (laughs) (laughs) where i use one of those hilarious switchblade combs where i'm like (laughs) fling it up and then just kind (laughs) of gently adjust my eyebrows with it oh my god 
I thought you got like a kerchief in the back pocket. Maybe that's oh, my Oh, yeah, thing. that's right. Oh, you, have, you keep a kerchief with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I always, some, I always got one of those. Oh, look, look, you know what, Annie? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let you hear. Look, avocado sunrise hand lotion. Hold on. Just one sec. <laughs> 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 avocado sunrise. Very greasy. Very greasy. The greasy hands. Hard to grip oh. things. Hard to grip. Uh, oh so tell gosh. us your thing. Your, 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 pick it, your thing your, that you always do that maybe your friends find unique. Hit us up on Twitter at Realm Podcast or post your longer ones for those who are more more unique on the podcast oh gosh, episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Um, many thanks to Jonathan Merritt for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Jonathan Merritt. That's two R's, two T's. Uh, you can uh, find or follow the coverage. Uh, we're covering it as it breaks at relevantmagazine.com uh, about you know what's happening with the Southern Baptist Church and uh, how everything unfolds from here. Well, thanks to YNAB for making the episode possible. Find out why users call YNAB life-changing. You can go to youneedabudget.com slash relevant for a two-month free trial. Normally, YNAB offers a 34-day trial, but they're giving an extra month for relevant podcast listeners. Go take advantage. Also, thanks to Blinkist. You can go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial there. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. Well, I, we mentioned it on the Tuesday live show. We mentioned it last Friday. We are launching a daily show called, guess what? Relevant Daily. Uh, it debuts on Monday. We were going to try and do it this week, and uh, we will be ready by Monday. So <laughs> tune in on Monday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. There will be a live feed on multiple platforms. Uh, there will also be an audio podcast every day, so you can subscribe and listen to it on your commute home if you'd like. Relevant Daily, it's covering what you need to know at the intersection of faith and culture every day. It'll probably be about a 10 to 15 minute show, fast paced, great, great guests, and keep your finger on the pulse of everything that's happening. It's Relevant Daily. Check it out on Monday. Follow us on social to get all the, um, all the info about when it's debuting, but it'll be Monday afternoon. Follow us uh, what, at Relevant uh, and also on Facebook at Relevant yeah. as well. Yep. Um, and you'll find out everything you know. Hey, the Relevant Store has some new merch. Uh, and podcast fan gear up. Go check it out. Store it at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're over at the site, also there's a great new subscription offer going on uh, to get the magazine. So while you're at relevantmagazine.com, check out the new issue, subscribe, don't miss one. Uh, We have some great issues coming up that you won't want to miss. So there you go. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Celebrate Valentine's like Annie F. Downs celebrates Valentine's. Just That's right. make all it a love. week-long thing. This is all Valentine's weekend. <laughs> it's all y'all's prime time. Just follow Annie's lead. That's right. the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe
here, I'm going to squirt some out. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.